Following a partner to a foreign country, new city or rural community can impact your career, network and access to continuing education. Brunch is a podcast from the Trailing Spouse Co, where I, your host Joe Palmer, chat with trailing spouses from all over the world. Brunch is a chance to meet trailing spouses, hear their stories, the highs, the lows, as well as advice, tips and tricks to get the most out of your trailing spouse experience. In this episode, I speak with Charlotte Teo. Charlotte, aka Charlie, is the founder of What's Up Charlie, a life coaching and brand consultancy practice. She spends her time coaching rockstar women and brands who are ready to write the next chapter of their journey and define success on their own terms. In this episode, Charlotte and I discuss the ins and outs of coaching, what you might want in a coach, what to look for when test driving coaches, and what a coaching relationship looks like. You also get to see an insight into what a session looks like as Charlotte springs a mini session on me during our interview. You can connect with Charlotte on her website, which is www.whatsupcharlie.com. You'll find that in our show notes. I hope you enjoy our chat. Hello, Charlotte. Thank you so much for joining me today. (laughs) Hello, Joe. Thank you for having me. I don't mean for us to start off like this ridiculously, but I think actually this is just a perfect way to start the conversation. Yes, very much so. Charlotte, can you give us a bit of a rundown of who you are, where you're from, and why I have asked you here today, because I think um, what people listening to this episode will sort of see is, well, we, disclosure, know each other offline, um, both based in Singapore, and I think that um, hopefully hopefully everyone else finds us just as entertaining and amusing as we find ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) But I would love you to sort of give us a a bit of a 101 on Charlotte and um, why I've sort of brought you along for this conversation today. Sure. So not a trailing spouse, based in Singapore, born and bred, and I left my marketing career last year to become a life coach. Well, I call myself a confidence coach now for, for working moms. And that whole journey came about, that whole thing came about when I realized that what was happening inside of me in terms of, you know, how I saw myself as my, my identity, my self-worth wasn't really matching up to what I was doing. And there was a disconnect and I wanted to take, a, take some time off and discover myself again. And so here I am on this journey and I want to do the same for other working moms. Voila. So tell me, how does one transition from career gal into a coaching career well actually just even the 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 logistics of it the training side of things the like what do you actually do to get qualified because I think like a lot of people you know like people get the concept of a coach like sporting team has a coach and you know they do the things and the training and the pep talks and the yelling at you when you do things wrong hopefully there's not too much yelling involved with your clients but um (laughs) But I think sometimes, and I say this from personal experience, I think sometimes people are a bit like, oh, coaching or that sounds a bit woo-woo or, oh, gosh, is this actually for me, particularly if I'm actually not in the workforce either? Like quite often coaching is is related to your career and those sorts of things. So talk me through what the the process of actually becoming a a qualified and accredited coach looks like. So there are so... There are so many things that you've mentioned, in, <laughs> <Sorry>. in, but <laughs> I'll, I'll answer your question first. There are so many coaching programs out there. I trained with the Coactive Training Institute and their training program is extremely robust, recommended by a family friend. Um, becoming a coach is not something that, from what I've heard, and for myself as well. It's not something that someone sets out 
to, oh, I want to be a coach, right? We all kind of stumbled into it. We were looking for something and we kind of stumbled into it while searching for ourselves. And that was the case for me. Um, coach training in general is quite rigorous. I can talk you through, um, it's five modules. There's a certification part to it. And it's just a lot of practice. And you mentioned earlier that, you know, we all have a con uh perspective or perception of what coaching is like on the sporting field you're going to get yelled at you're going to but ultimately what the coach does in the sporting arena is getting the players to get better right and it's about moving forward it's about taking action it's about taking feedback and looking back at where you've come and you know putting that together helping you grow and that's exactly what uh, a coach would do, whether it's in, a, in the, the realm of career, realm of life, or any other, any other aspect. Taking, working with a client, helping, helping them gain perspective of where they are today and where they want to go and helping them get there. So that's what a coach does. So had you been coached in your corporate career or in your life or what had been your sort of client sort of experience before you launched into this? I was unknowingly coached by my boss and I hated it. I hated being coached because I never got an answer from him. And that's what coaching does. Coaching, coaching puts you in a space a time and space that allows you to uncover the answers for yourself while having somebody kind of like sit there and witness you, um, ask you questions for you to reflect, right? But I remember my first coaching experience was just like, oh, can you stop? Just give me the answer. But I realized that he had never said that he was coaching me. He was just using a coaching method. And I think that's kind of really where it all didn't, connect for me I just really hated it <laughs> that's so interesting because you describing that makes me like inwardly groan of like I'm exactly the same as like I know what you're doing here and I know that you're making me learn and I know that I will work this out for myself next time but like do you know what man just like give me the answer like <laughs> I don't want to hang around for this <laughs> so really coaching is not for everybody right you either want to be given the fish or do you want to be taught how to fish right it's that same it's that same analogy um yeah but now I make a living out of something that I hate it with when my boss was doing it to me but I've seen I, I guess through my own experience really going through the coach training um, being coached by others that's what the training is about as well it's not just kind of like lectures or anything like that it's a lot of practical you you're meant to coach clients from the very start um, and just kind of through that and seeing how people are transforming just from t even 10 to 15 minutes of being given space and time to think, to feel, to experience has been life-changing for me. Mm, that's so cool. So what I was really interested to talk to you about today is this, I think, barrier to entry for people that are like, okay, I'm kind of interested in this concept of being taught to fish rather than being just handed over the that big wet fish. That <laughs> um, I think that that concept, and I I used offline the the analogy, well not even an analogy, but the comparison with say finding a psychologist or a therapist. It, that it's like quite often that concept of like, what if I can't find someone that. I blend well, like that I, I that I work with or that that fits or gets me, that that is the roadblock to even start looking. They just don't start looking because what if they don't match with me? So what I'm really interested to talk to you today specifically about in this coaching space is, well, I guess how do you get yourself to start looking? But two, really looking at like both sides of that relationship. What are the really key things that people need to be thinking about, asking questions and all of those sorts of things of, of 
giving yourself a chance to find a coaching relationship that works for you. Yeah. So I'm going to use the analogy of like shopping for an outfit as you know, you would do um, when you go, when you, when you go shopping and you have, you would have something in mind, right? You're either looking for a dress or you're looking for, I don't know, a top. And you kind of have an idea of what you want. And as a, as a client on the hunt for whether it's a psychologist, a coach, a mentor, an advisor, you just kind of have to go out and speak to them and figure out what it is that they're offering and does it meet what you want. A mentor and advisor is going gonna, is gonna to be somebody who has probably walked the path that you want to go on, right? And you want to kind of emulate that or you look up to this person. A psychologist or a therapist is going to be able to help you um, work on events or incidents or um, in- incidents from the past, right, that have affected you today. A coach is going to take you from where you are today and help you move forward. So you have to have that intention of wanting to move forward. And those are kind of like the, the overarching definitions of you know, what all these different uh, roles do. And you kind of have to want that. Some people go looking for a psychologist or a, a, a mentor or a, a coach because they've read all the self-help help books in the world and they've spoken to all their friends and they're still stuck, right? So it really depends on what you're looking for, but it's, it's just like shopping. You have to go to the shops. You have to go on online. You've got to go onto the different um, um, platforms to look for what works for you, whether the price is right, the, the person, the coach, the, the psychologist. If this person's, if you're not vibing with this person, please don't work with this person. If the dress doesn't fit, please don't get it. If the price isn't right, please don't get it, right? So I use that analogy to kind of, uh, I guess, make it a little bit more relevant. Does that make sense? 100%. Are there some questions that, I guess, as the, as the potential new client can be asking to sort of help you when you're doing that window shopping of yeah. the of the coaches what are the sorts of questions that you should be asking of a of a potential coach or like you know i guess or or experiences or because i i think asking for a reference is not really useful because it's like again going back to your dress what looks good on your friend doesn't mean it's going to look good on you so what are some sorts of things that you should be sort of asking and, and looking for when you're having those initial meetings and things? Absolutely. So I would ask what I would find out where the coach is trained, um, read up a little bit about where the coach is, is, is trained. And more often than not, when you meet with a coach, they're going to do a little mini coaching session with you. So that's going to tell a lot about what to expect with, with, with that coach. So if they don't do that, ask for it. It's not meant to be charged for. Um, I would ask them, you know, what would they expect out of a client? What would they expect out of me as a client? And that actually tells a lot about the way that the coach works, what they want out of a client. And you see whether you're matching up to that. And at the same time, also have a few um, pointers of what you want your coach to do for it and, and bring it, share it during the session that you know, you're having a discovery session, et cetera. Bring it, whether it's, um, I want somebody to hold me accountable. I want somebody to um, help me with confidence. I want somebody who can, who can, there was some, some, uh, a coach who did, did this very interestingly. I, the client did not want video at all. She didn't want to be seen. Can the coach do that for her? Because coaching without being seen is, is quite peculiar, right? Um, so just various things of you, like, what do you want out of a coach and bring that to, to, to the session? So those are a couple of questions that I will ask when I meet a coach. 
Mm. And just see if you vibe. I think it's all it, the tell all comes from um, the the coaching session, the mini coaching session. Yeah, because I think it can be challenging to even like take that advice of like have a think about what you want out of the coach when if you haven't done it before and if you're not sporty and you haven't actually had a coach in sport and things before, it's actually quite tricky to even know what it is. So like I I sort of think that ability to articulate what you want when you haven't experienced it is I think quite challenging. And I think that for me, I say that from a very like a personal place that you know, I have played a lot of sport and have been coached since I was in primary school for different sport and things like that. But whenever I've sort of thought about that concept of of getting a coach at any stage, I'm always a bit like, oh, but I don't even know what I'm looking for. Like my go-to has always been like that vibe and the last thing that you sort of said at the at the end there. Um, but how how does one sort of measure success? sounds ridiculous even asking it like that but like how do you know that it could actually just be really fun and you really get along with the person and how how does a how does a coach actually help you do you like have milestones in place or is it like a lot of goal setting like how do you sort of see that that progress is is going in a really look I'm a very analytical person and I like being no, able thank to you see. for that yeah <laughs> so a, a coach is meant to help hold you accountable to whatever goal you want to reach, right? Whether it's over six months, it's over 12 months, and that is what the program is meant to meant to do. So you could ask the coach, what kind of tools do you have in place to hold me accountable? I want to achieve this particular goal. What tools do you have? Do they have any tools to begin with? Um, and what is, the, what is the structure of the coaching session going to be like? How does each session go? What happens at the midpoint? What happens at the end? Or what happens even at the beginning. So get get some clarity. Thanks for thanks for rephrasing your question again, Joe. Um, get some clarity on what that program is going to look like. Because it's going to be different for every coach. Mm. And ultimately, you will know at the end of the session, like, ah, I I I felt something bubbling up inside me when I spoke with Joe. Or I felt something, you know, ignite within me when I spoke with 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 Charlotte. Right. And Oftentimes, when you walk away from a conversation, you know if you want to see that person again. And I think that is for me, besides, you know, asking what is the what is the coaching program going to be like, that connection is super important. That's 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 the, the most important. And you've had coaches before, Joe. There are some coaches where you would really gravitate towards and some that you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. What are some of those that, you know, you would gravitate towards and some of those that you wouldn't? Well, I think I've had challenges over the years, the same as I have with psychologists in that I like end up just finding that it's like an hour a month or whatever, where I get this self-indulgence, like time on the couch where I get to just pretty much brain dump on whatever I'm doing. And I, I find quite often that I end up in almost friendships with these <laughs> these professionals that I'm paying to supposedly be moving me along. And quite often I walk away from coaching sessions or psychologist sessions being like, oh, that was a good catch up. Yeah, I filled her in with what I've been doing with so-and-so. So I think um, that sometimes I might find myself that I am probably not in the best of those situations because those strategies around goal setting weren't there in the first place. And it's just me paying someone to have a catch up, which when I now I'm saying that out loud sounds absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Sometimes that can be therapeutic, Joe, right? 100%, you leave, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, in, in the true sense of what a coach is meant to do for you is to move you along towards where you want to go. Right. And both are invested in the relationship. That's how it's meant to be. Um, it's not one sided where it's the coach just preaching on, you know, what you should do. Here are some strategies or um, one sided on the other hand, where the client comes in and just, as you said, brain dump. Right. So there's there's there's, there's um, measurable outcomes. There will be outcomes at the at the end of each session and at the end of all the sessions. That's what it's meant to be. 
Yeah. And that I think is really, that's really key to it here because I think, um, again, thinking about this from my own point of view, who really likes structure, I love a good spreadsheet. I love action items after a meeting where I know what I've got to go away and do and that like there's deadlines and there's timelines and there's all of these sorts of things. I know that that's what I need. And so that could be, again, like my girlfriend who I'm going window shopping with, with the dresses could be the complete opposite to what they're after. And they might actually really enjoy like some of my previous psychologist relationships where it was just like me having a chat with someone and then getting a $200 bill at the end of the hour. (laughs) (laughs) This is a two-way relationship between a, a coach and a client. So I'm assuming that while you're not trying to be everything to everyone, because obviously you're you're not trying to coach every single person because they're not going to, um, you know, be your people and vibe the same way that you do and all of the same things. But what are some of the, I guess, the things that you're looking for in those initial sort of trial mini coaching sessions and things that I don't want it to sound so grim as saying like, what are your big red flags that you're. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what some of my green flags are. Mm, And the, the, the major one is the chemistry. Do we vibe? Like Joe, you and I vibe, right? It's clear. So there's that. And two, I think it's a, a willingness to make change in their lives. Those are two, the two main things that I would look for in, in, in those, um, trial sessions. Red flags? Mm. Well, I think let me preface red flags with this is very personal to you and not to the coaching sort of industry and individuals and things. So this is actually very much a a, like Coach Charlotte question. Absolutely. When I'm asking for for those those red flags, because I don't then mean if you're listening to this and then you then should what Charlotte says are her red flags, then don't demonstrate or display any of those, those things to coaches that you could potentially be working with, because um, that could also be highly detrimental. But what are the, some of the things to almost, um, I guess you're vetting on that way on that side as well. So what are the things that you're, you're looking, looking for? So those were the green flags. And I think maybe I'll just preface this um, as well. I think it takes great courage for people to seek support, whatever it may be, right? Coaching may not be for everybody. And when they when when clients do show up at the, the session, they're looking for something, right? Um, if I'm not able to provide that professional help or support that they need, then I'm not the right person. So from a, mm, let's talk about attitude, right? If the person is coming to um, seek support through coaching, but expects the coach to do everything for them, then that person is not ready for a coaching relationship. That person is probably more ready for a mentorship, you know, or an, an, an advisor to give them all the answers. So that's something that I would probably, you know, look out for um, by asking a couple couple of questions. Um, if someone is coming to uh, meets with me and through the session, we realize that there is some past incidents or past hurts that um, may require support from a therapist or a psychologist, then it's for the client to decide whether or not now's the right time for coaching and therapy or therapy first and then coaching, right? Um, So those are just kind of a few things that I wouldn't say like, oh my gosh, I would never work with people like that. But it's, you know, who who would be the right person? What kind of role would be best to support this particular client's needs? Mm, Yeah, I love that. And that's such an interesting thing because I'm sure that you know, will you, you like you pitch yourself as a, a life coach for working mothers. Yeah. Like I'm sure there is a lot of crossover with coaching sessions, like especially for someone that might be a career coach or a professional coach or a corporate coach or those sorts of things that life and, and work are not 
exclusive. They are exactly. they are totally it is a it's a work life blend, not a work life balance. And I think that that's a really interesting point to note that actually sometimes it might not be coaching that you're after. It could be therapy that you're after and that that's that's not where you are. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. And that's okay as well. Right. Mm. I think in general with this profession of support or profession of help, right? Uh, extending help to 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 the people who need it, there is a stigma. Mm. There can be a stigma that when you're asking for help, oh, you know, um, you couldn't do it on your own, right? There is still that stigma that 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 floats around. But I think it's okay. I think it takes courage to step out and say, I think I need some help on this, or I think I need some support. I think I need a listening ear, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I've got to, I want to sort of take it back a little bit around the concept of a life coach. And this is mm. where, again, I, old Joe, would go into this like, I roll. Like, what is a life coach? I feel like the concept or the term life coach almost needs like a rebrand or some better PR or something for the likes of me that I don't know why I'm so like triggered by the, <laughs> the, the sort of name of it. But tell me like, what does a life coach even actually do? Like I've had experience with the the concept of career coach and career yeah. progression and yeah. you know that quite often that blends a bit with mentoring and quite often can happen internally or someone X that used to work in your company and no longer does. But yeah. when you're actually doing this as a holistic thing, and we talked about work life and it being a blend and all those things, what does a life coach actually like what does what does it actually look like? What do the sessions look like? So I work with a tool called the Wheel of Life and it very simplistically segments your life into nine different sections, personal growth, physical environment, career, um, family and friends, significant other, health, money. I um, can't remember the last two, but it's generally... Um, I was about to say oh, that was very impressive. Fun and recreation. And one more. Come on. Ah, let's leave it at, at eight. <laughs> um, and we look at your life as a whole. And with life coaching, life coaching focuses on the whole person. And these are all the different facets that make up your life. You can choose to take out or add in any other part of your life. And you kind of do like a, a, a status check on the day that you start your coaching. And you score, right? To have kind of like this meta view, this whole bird's eye view of what your life is like now, presently, how you feel about it. And where do you want to take it in all the different areas? and what that does to us, because a lot of, I mean, you mentioned work and life is a blend, but when we're able to dissect it in that way, we suddenly have a realization that it's not all at the same level. Hardly have I seen them all at this, I have never actually seen any part of you know, anybody's uh, life, even mine, um, at the same level. And then you get to choose which part do you want to work towards positive change? Which part do you want to grow in? And it can be more than one aspect. And you will realize also that while working on one aspect, it would move the needle on the other aspects. So that's, I guess, one way of explaining what life coaching is like. Um, working with someone who wants to effect positive change in any particular area of their life. It can be career. I don't know what's wrong with me. Why would I have had that opinion? I feel like Hollywood has done some form of like real internal damage to me. <laughs> You're not the only one, Joe. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, have that, I have that perspective. I'm able to share about it because that's what the training did right? I have a perspective about it now. It's, it's kind of my role and my um, uh, position now to share with others that, hey, there is, I understand there is a stigma. And I do agree with you. I think life coaching is a bit too broad, right? Um, and career coaching, it's very clear what that coaching is about. But life is like, oh, which part? Well, let's just say you get to choose which part of your life you want to get coaching on. So 
that's quite cool. If yeah. you could, I'm totally putting you on the spot here, but if you could rebrand, what would you call it? Oof. Part of life training that you feel like doing. <laughs> I'm a part of life coach. <laughs> should have prepped you with this question you should no this is fun this is fun now you've got me thinking um (laughs) human being coaching i quite like that quite holistic (laughs) so good because i think as well like because i feel listening to you talking it's not actually ever just you as the human or the life or the whatever that you're you're coaching, that it's quite often bringing in the kids or the partner or the business partner or the the other sorts of things. And so that is when you say life, that actually is probably the best word for it because they are all the the part of the the matrix that is your life. So maybe it doesn't need a rebrand. I just need a headspace shift. You need, you need, you need an experience and I'm going to, oh, I need gonna, a life coach. <laughs> I'm going to throw in, I'm going to throw in a, a, a cheeky question, a curveball at you right now. And I'm going to ask you, this is something that I ask my clients. What is your favorite movie, Joe? Hang on. I'm just going to back this up. Are you doing what your old boss did to me on a podcast? <laughs> oh no, Joe. Ah. No, I'm going to ask for permission first. This is what I, I'm, I'm meant to do. So I'm going to ask permission. Joe, do you mind if I ask you a question that I usually ask my clients during a coaching session. Well, sure. I feel like you put me on the spot now, but thank you. Right back at you. Yeah, that's fair. Actually, very fair. Thank you. What is your favorite movie? Mm. A League of Their Own. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that movie? I've not seen that movie, but tell me about it. Oh my gosh. It's like cult classic in our household my childhood household it was a um Gina Davis and Madonna were like the main actors in it and it would have been early 90s I reckon and it was set in the US during World War II probably and it was the all women's American baseball league. And so it was, the men were all off at war and the sponsors all still wanted baseball playing. And so they, they started a, a league of, of female baseball players and it was just, oh my gosh, I just, we had it on a video and mm-hmm. I watched it on VHS. Just, I know all the words and my cousins and I all had like a character each that we all like called each other. And I don't know, I just, I, I think it was just one of my most favorite movies. And I think now totally picked up a whole lot of my very feminist learnings and things from it, because it was just such a, um, because then all the men came back from war mm. and they wanted to shelve the the women's league. And it was just so it was just fabulous. It was so good. And it was sport and it was women and there was like Madonna doing cool things and Tom Hanks was in it actually as well. It was great. I love Tom Hanks. <laughs> what was it? What was it about that movie that stood out the most for you? Um, I think it was probably when I retrospectively as a nearly 40-year-old think about it, it was probably like those subliminal feminist messages. I genuinely think like I grew up in a really feminist household, very strong matriarch in the house and a grandmother level as well. And I think, um, I think also lots of women and girls. So like I said, we, my, I have a sister and then I have three, I have lots of cousins, but three, three girls that are all sisters that we grew up very closely with. And we were just like, we were nearly half a baseball team, the five of us cruising around. And I think that that was, it was just such a, like, I think it was very much the, the, the female themes through it. I think. As you're, as you're sharing that, Joe, the, the, the word that comes up for me is independence. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and I know you from a few (laughs) of our chats and, and you are someone who is extremely independent. Hmm. Yeah, I would agree. 
Yeah. So that's interesting. Okay. What did you just do with me there? (laughs) (laughs) So, so my, just from a simple question like that and, and hearing from you, what was, what it was from that movie that spoke to you, it actually reveals what your, what one of your values is, and that is independence. And if this was a full coaching session, it would, you know, explore a lot more of those values, perhaps more of the, more of the movie would come out. And you mentioned feminine, so feminine power, independence, and the, the, perhaps a follow-up question is that how is that showing up in your life today? Oh, do you know, it's so interesting because that when I, when I think about that, it has been all but core to my professional career. Like I trained as a teacher, which is a very sort of female heavy industry, but also, you know, very nurturing and educating and those sorts of things. And then as I moved out of education into more small business owning and and starting different businesses and things, um, my company in Australia that is like, well, Pointer Remote is a, a jobs board that, that companies can advertise remote jobs on. But the core reason that I started it was because I had friends that had left corporate careers when they had married farmers and moved to rural areas in Australia and had left the, the the workforce and it was around really building skills and capability and things into them to be able to get them to re-engage with the workforce it segues beautifully into then why I've started the trailing spouse co in that just because you might not be engaging with the paid workforce and I say that because I know that women particularly that um, or whoever is the trailing spouse, that if you are the primary caregiver, doing the parenting is a full-time job. You just don't get paid for it. So I think um, that while I'm very aware that there is definitely like a a male part of this trailing spouse world, um, it generally falls that it's the women that are in this situation. And so I think that that's really, really interesting that a movie that I like literally know every word of has probably had a fair bit of influence in there. Wow, look at that. <laughs> yeah. So how scared or uh, are you about life coaching now? Okay, well, now I can't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, just from that simple exercise, Joe, I, uh, I guess what I wanted to demonstrate is that, you know, we have values that are within us that resonate with you know what we do and what we say and we actually end up living it out and when you are living it out it 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 just clicks it just connects you know everything that you've mentioned that you do that you have done and now that you do connects to that female empowerment female independence and that's and that comes from within that comes from within you and i perhaps i'll ask you like how you feel knowing that now that it actually connects Mm. well like I I find that just really an interesting in concept and then I don't know my my Ben pushback question is is like okay cool then when you start making these discoveries and things does the the coach then sort of say okay well where are you having challenges with these is there conflicts with your your values like all those sorts of things and then I I sort of then I start getting a bit like, oh, okay, well, where do we then go with this? Like we make these like, oh, okay, cool. That makes sense with where I'm at. But I also am so impatient. Like I am very self-aware enough that I'd be like, okay, cool. You've worked that out about me. Like what next? What do we do next? Like what are the, what are the next steps? And like, how do I like go on for global domination in the world of like, (laughs) you book six sessions with, with me and then, and then. And I get a set of steak knives with it as well. <laughs> and some Corel dining ware. No, but yeah, I mean it, it it continues, right? It's a it's a longer term relationship, but that was just a bit of a of a of a taster, of a teaser. Yeah, no, I find it really interesting. Thank you. Yeah. Thank no, you. thank you. Um, so with that, like 
I feel that sometimes um, that we get into professional arrangements or relationships and things, and then there's an element of like stagnation or that you're, it almost comes to a stage where you're like, okay, cool. I feel like I've done my time with this. Like, is this something that you sort of need to be self-aware enough or you as the the coaching relationship, you both need to be self-aware to be like, okay, we've sort of come to where we're going to get here and maybe it's time. Like, how do you sort of do that? Like that, that I feel is a real challenge in itself because particularly women, we're like pleasers and we don't really want to upset someone. So how do you actually like sack your coach? (laughs) (laughs) So it all starts from the beginning where you design kind of like an alliance and agreement of like how we're going to work. Um, Let's be open with each other. Let's make sure that, you know, if we notice something, just bring it, you know, there's absolutely no, um, don't hold back, right? That, that is something that I, I, I have with all of my clients and agreement of how we're going to work together and agreeing to bring what we notice and what we feel to um, the conversation, regardless of how difficult it may, it may be because we're honoring the relationship. We're honoring the coaching relationship by being our whole selves. And that's the whole point of getting, getting a coach. And if the client feels like, hey, you know, this isn't quite working out for me, bring it. We'll, we can redesign. What am, I, what am I, for example, as a coach not doing? You know, what do you want more of? Or as a coach, client, you're not showing up for your, for your, for your meetings on time. What's that about? Right? And with no judgment at all, just noticing and saying that, hey, this is what I'm noticing. What's coming up? Right. So just having open conversation about it. Mm, I love that. And realistically, that's like just putting your big girl pants on with being an adult, isn't it? Is having difficult conversations. <laughs> yeah. And and you know, through that, you because the space that's created with your coach is meant to be safe, right? Yeah. You should be able to feel that you can bring something like that. And you know, obviously with contracts and all that, there will be termination clauses, blah, blah. blah. So both parties are protected and you go in with your eyes wide open. So for me, that Mm. would actually be a real red flag if there is no written signed agreements and things at the start. Is that something that you would put sort of flagging with a, with me as a potential client looking for a coach, like asking for agreements and those sorts of things? Like, is that absolutely Okay. Absolutely. Um, that usually comes when you've decided to work with the client, uh, with the coach. And when you receive that agreement, make sure you have a thorough look through, right? Does it, does it, um, does it align with what you want in a coach? These are all the logistics, right? If you want to negotiate, speak up. If not, then move on. Is it, Something that you need to do some navel gazing if you get through like six or seven trials with people and you're still not finding your person? Or is it something like there is someone for everyone and keep looking? This is this is for me, I think this is a hard question to answer. It really depends on the client really. I don't think there is a number of, oh, this sucks. I can't find somebody after six, you know. Um, for me, I would keep trying, but maybe give it a break for a bit, but keep trying. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, you might just be one of those people that's just having free trials of coaches for the next 20 years of just finding new people to do one session with. <laughs> Fun. I, feel like, I feel like no goals would ever be reached. <laughs> <laughs> I did think about it the other day. Like, what would it be like for a client to just reach out to, you know, 20 coaches over the course of, you know, a whole year and just do like one-on-one on one, like trial, trial, trial. I don't know. Maybe you could try that, Joe. Let me know how it goes. If it works I for could. you. I could. <laughs> that, could be, that could be a book in itself. It could be 21st dates. 
Yeah. With but there is there is something to be said to have um one person. Okay, it depends on whether you're the monogamous type, right? Um, but I've I've been coached kind of like uh such a bad reference. No, in a polyamory gonna... way, polyamory, <laughs> polyamorous way. <laughs> Thank you for choosing such an eloquent word. Um I'll tell you offline what I wanted to say. But, um, <laughs> Um yeah and and there is there is um there will be forward movement there will be forward action when you are coached you know uh 15 minutes here and that's what happened during training right you get coached for 15 minutes here 15 minutes there and then it repeats the next week or the next month and there is benefit in that but there's also so much um um stability and security when you know that you have a coach, one coach who has your back, you know, is, is holding you um, even though you're not meeting. So to have that knowledge of knowing that, oh, I do have somebody who has no judgment of me, sees me as who I am um, and, has create, and creates a safe space for me and I can turn to, right? I think that has a lot of, va- a lot of intangible value. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. This question probably should have been asked right at the start, but why why would you get a coach? And if I ask that in a quite specific to the listeners of this podcast, why would someone what let me think about how I'm going to ask this. What sort of feelings or stage or things are people generally at when they're like, oh, I should get a coach? Or is it just that they randomly listen to a podcast where someone interviews a coach and they're like, oh, I could do with a coach? <laughs> <laughs> I think it takes it, it will it will take a few different touch points to get you to a, a point where you think, oh, I think it would be helpful if I if I if I had a coach. There are three main scenarios that um I've found that people would benefit from having a coach. One. They're stuck in something that um, they've been stuck in for a long time. They wanna they wanna do something. They not they're not sure about whether they should do it or how to do it. More often than not, they know what they need to do and they know what they want to do. They kind of need just some support for a period of time to get that stuckness unlocked. Um, yeah, you're going through a, a a period of transition. You don't know what to expect. There's a lot of um, feelings, right? Um, uncertainty and you don't know what you want to hold on to so getting perspective of that what this transition means to you um, the last one is a little bit also about stuckness but uh, stuckness in in a feeling I feel um, like I've lost myself I do not know who I am anymore and I used to be a certain way. I'm not there anymore. How do I get back? How do I get my confidence back, for example? So these are kind of like the three, the three areas, you know, that I often see clients coming to coaching for. Okay. Well, for anyone listening who then wants to have a session with you, you are now no longer going to ask people what their favorite movie is because we've now ruined it for everyone that has listened because they will all come to their first call with you <laughs> having prepped their answer. <laughs> and it, I mean, that's absolutely fine. That's absolutely <laughs> fine. It's all part of the, it's all part of the process. And um, it, it's a fun game. I mean, do it with your friends, Joe. It's a fun question to ask and you listen. You know, there is so much. What I found during coaching is that people want to be listened to. People are yearning to be seen. People are yearning to be heard. And that's really one of the, one of the outcomes of, of being coached. To be heard, not just the words that you're say, saying, but what's behind those words. Right. There's so much, there's so much richness in that. And I think that's that's something that you can't really measure. 
Mm. And you know what, you've just made me think about how I've sort of almost dismissed some of those hours with psychologists over the years as my hour of self-indulgence. When you when you put it like that, it actually is perfectly reasonable to think about it like that. I haven't Certainly. actually really thought about it as the um the being heard part. Because yeah, well, you know what it's like. You've got kids and a household yeah. and potentially a job and potentially volunteering or potentially caring responsibilities and all these things. And um, I think we're pretty good at uh, not doing a huge amount of the being heard part because your your things are at like the bottom of the priority pile, well and truly. Absolutely. And that's kind of why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, allowing that woman or that girl that wants to be heard to have her stage to do that. Mm. I'm going to leave it yeah. on there. That yeah. very gorgeous point. I really look appreciate the your candidness, and I think that it's been really, really practical to be able to sort of, you know, have key things that you can like thinking even just about those three key reasons why you might consider getting some coaching, but also then being able to, you know, do they have agreements that I'm going to sign? Do yeah. we actually connect? Am I saying yes to this relationship just because my friend uses this coach or is it because I actually have connected with them? Like I think those are all really practical, helpful things. And I was really hoping that that's what we would get out of this conversation and you have yeah. over-delivered. You have also totally uh, been able to put me on the spot with people listening to my <laughs> right back at you, Joe. Film memories. <laughs> I will. I will add one last thing. I think people. Let's not go away with the idea that people need a coach. Mm. You've got to want it. Yeah, you've got to want a coach. So, and 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 that that speaks of choice. You get to choose. You know, don't go into a coaching relationship because you have to, but because you want to. Thank you so much, Charlotte, for your time. Thank you. I very much appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Brunch by the Trailing Spouse Co. If you are a trailing spouse anywhere in the world, come join us. We're a place where you will find other like-minded professional trailing spouses as well as training, education and employment opportunities. Head to thetrailingspouse.co and connect with our network. If you'd like to join me for brunch, you'll find a link on the website to register your interest for a chat. At The Trailing Spouse Co, we are passionate about ensuring that you are connected, your mind is stimulated and that you are always learning on your trailing spouse journey.